Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Well, welcome. Merry Christmas, One Church Tio. We are so glad that you are joining us this evening. And whether you're in person in this room or you're joining us online, we've been thinking of you and preparing for you throughout this Christmas season. If you're brand new here, if you're watching online, jump into the chat room. If you can't see it, just minimize your screen. It's right to the right-hand side. There's going to be a button that says, I'm new. If you press that, follow the, uh, the promptings. We've got a gift for you. If you're brand new here in person, you've never been to One Church CEO, we're glad you're here. At the end of our gathering, there's a big blue wall in the lobby. We'd love you to visit it just for a moment. Let us know you're new. We've got a gift for you. Now, friends, we want to say a big hello to those who are going to be joining us all throughout this week, watching our seven-day replay. We are so glad that you have chosen to journey with us. And if you were a kid and you're in the room, you would have received a paper uh, copy of a book that when you came in, you're going to want to hang on to that. We're going to have some fun. If you're online kids, you're going to want to download a copy of that book. A link is going to show up in the comment section. Download that and get it ready because we're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. Listen, we know that no one's life is perfect here, right? Well, okay. <laughs> how about you online? I, I don't know. No one's life is perfect, but we know that some of you, you're already feeling the Christmas feels. That opening song was so large and big and maybe warmed your heart. Some of you have in your heart already in a joyful anticipation of celebrating the birth of Jesus. But we know that for some of us, this season can be a difficult season. And while the Christmas lights may be shining brightly all around you, the reality is that you might be walking through a journey of deep darkness. Some of you might be exactly where I am, going into a Christmas season while you're still mourning the loss of someone you love. Maybe like me, you're still feeling the weight of what raising kids through a pandemic really does feel like. It's been a tough year on many people in Toronto and around the world, and maybe finances have been a struggle throughout this year, and that just extended right into the Christmas season. And we know that many of you will face that reality of seeing loved ones and friends and family over these next few days, and and for some of us, that can be a little bit difficult if there's some water left under the bridge. Friends, we wanted to just, at the beginning of this gathering, just acknowledge we're all in different places here. And we wanted to acknowledge that amidst all the songs and the lights and all the fun that Christmas can contain, that for some of us, this is also a bit of a difficult season. But did you know that that first Christmas wasn't any different than this? That's right. There was a deep darkness in the world in that first Christmas. Yeah, when we think of that first Christmas night, we often picture a peaceful Mary and Joseph taking that newborn baby Jesus, tucking him safe, clean, and warm into that pristine manger that we love to put out on our mantles, all the while being warmed by a star that was lighting up the sky, maybe surrounded by cuddly farm animals. We imagine the regal entrance of those kings that came in to visit the baby Jesus and present him with gifts. But in actuality, the stable in that first Christmas looked nothing like the nativity scene maybe you've seen in your home. You might have it at home or you've seen it elsewhere. In fact, the place where Jesus was born was likely a dark, cold cave, actually. 
with a darkened roof from many fires being lit by shepherds who've taken cover throughout the years. Even the floor of it may be covered with old manure from previous visits of livestock and animals. Yeah, and as Pastor, as uh, Joseph would have led Mary into that dark, cold uh, cave, I can imagine that their feet probably were sinking in the deep layers of manure. And they must have wondered, how could this possibly be God's plan? How could this dark, cold cave, the chaos of that moment, be the birthplace of a Messiah? Friends, this is when we know that Jesus came into this world when it was a really dark place. And maybe your life feels a little bit like this room. And maybe it's not dark, but it's getting darker. And you're feeling the struggle that's around you. And it can seem even impossible to, to step out of that darkness, impossible even to push through the pain of what you're passing through right now. But if Christmas reminds us of anything, it reminds us that God never leaves us in the dark. Yeah, instead, God lit a light that couldn't be extinguished. And with that light, hope arrived. It's interesting. Many scholars believe that Jesus was conceived in the month of December during the Festival of Lights, or Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is something that Jewish people celebrate to this day. They celebrate the restoration of Jerusalem, the rededication of the temple. And they celebrate a miraculous lighting of the menorah candle that they had one day of oil for, but miraculously God extended it to eight days. And it reminds us that even the tiniest light can endure and it can push back the deepest darkness. Kids, the first picture that we want you to draw as you open up those books, we're going to look at that first box and we want you to draw a picture of these candles because God sent Jesus to be the light of our world. And no matter how dark your life is, Christmas reminds us Jesus is the light of the world and his light, it cannot be extinguished. See, on that first Christmas night, God placed a star up in the sky to shine through the darkness. And he was announcing that his son had arrived on the earth. And what a Christmas this is. It's, Christmas is strong enough and it's big enough for all of us. It's big enough for all of us that might be in a place where we're feeling all the warm feels and a joyful anticipation of Christmas. But it's strong enough to carry even those of us who feel like we're going through, we're passing through something hard and dark. Christmas is that strong. That's right, Pastor Jonathan. So as we continue to sing about Jesus, who is the light of our world, we're gonna invite the children right now to actually stand up. If you're a kid, you're gonna stand up in this room. You're gonna come up to the front and join Pastor Steph. She's gonna be up here because in just a moment, she's gonna read to you the Christmas story. You're not gonna wanna miss it. So come on up to the front right now. So Merry Christmas, One Church Deal. We're gonna sing a song that reflects the season of waiting and anticipation of Jesus come in human flesh to save the world. Well, I love that Christmas carol. Uh, when I was a little kid, that was the first carol I learned to play on my viola. And I remember just imagining what it would have been like for these three kings traversing these ancient sand dunes and that far distant culture bearing gifts to bring to a newborn king. But that's not actually what happened in that first Christmas. In fact, uh, it never says in the Bible that there were three kings at all. Uh, we take the idea of three from the, pop, but from the idea that they brought three gifts. And they weren't actually kings. <laughs> the song is great, but they weren't actually kings. They were magi. And magi often traveled in groups of 20 or more. 
And why? Well, because they feared being robbed. They were carrying valuables like gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so they would protect their gifts that they were bringing. I, I think what's interesting is, too, in the Christmas story, we often imagine that at that nativity scene, these kings arriving. But in fact, they, they, didn't, they came late to the party. They weren't there when Jesus was born. It says in the Bible that they arrived when he was a child. He was likely a toddler between ages two and three years old by the time they arrived. You know what? The whole Christmas story actually is layered with meaning. Mm. And you have to go and dig a little bit. You have to go see what's going on in the Christmas story. If you do a little digging, you really can find out a lot that's going on. Uh, take, for example, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, this fulfilled the ancient prophecy that the prophet Micah had said. He had declared it centuries before that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So everyone's eyes were attuned to Bethlehem. They were watching. But there's even more significance in the town of Bethlehem. You see, Bethlehem in the Hebrew actually means house of bread. Now, kids, I want you to take out your books and I want you to draw this loaf of bread for me in box number two. You're going to draw this loaf of bread in box number two because this bread, this imagery is really important and very telling to the Christmas story because as Jesus grew up and he became a teacher, he made this incredible declaration when he said that I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. How interesting is it that from the house of bread, Bethlehem, comes the bread of life, who is Jesus. You see, by saying that, Jesus is promising that anyone who chooses to put their trust in him would experience a satisfying of their deep soul hunger. Now, this hunger that all of us have inside of us, the world actually tries to fill it with all these types of things, but they just fall short. They can't fulfill the hunger that God has placed inside of us. Jesus says that he came to satisfy our longings and meet our greatest needs. But there's still more. Jesus is born in a, and laid in a manger. And of course, we often think of a nice wooden structure. If you've ever been to a good kid's play, you've seen it. With fresh hay, where the newborn baby was laid. But that wouldn't have been at all what the first manger would have looked like. The manger was likely carved out of stone, and it was likely filled with water for the animal and the livestock to be able to drink inside the cave with. Mary and Joseph, whoever it might have been, would have likely have had to scoop the water out of that manger in order to dry it out sufficiently to put fresh hay in to lay the newborn king inside of that manger. Kids, this is the third picture we'd like you to draw. We'd like you in that third box just to draw a pitcher of water, if you would. So you've drawn a candle, which is the light of the world. You're drawn in box two, the bread of life. And in, in box number three, a pitcher of water, the water of life. These are two images uh, that are essentially humanity's greatest needs being met in the person of Jesus. And this imagery is significant because as Jesus would grow up someday and he would be teaching, he'd say these words. He said, whoever drinks of this water Whoever drinks of this water that I give them shall never perish. Now, in a world that often leads us dry, parched, brittle, and thirsty, the bread of life and the water of life are images that remind us that in the person of Jesus, we find new life. 
So really the entire Christmas story is actually a story about giving. God gives creation the gift of his son Jesus. Just like those magi who brought valuable gifts to worship Jesus, we become gift bearers to the people and the communities around us. So we have a tradition here at One Church CO. Every Christmas Eve gathering that we gather, and this is the first time in I think three years that we've been able to gather in person. Of course, online, we've been with you these last three years. But we have this great tradition in this church family that we have an offering or an opportunity for everybody to give that is here in person or online. And all of what we give at Christmas Eve goes outside of this church to organizations in the city and in our nation that do a lot of good in reaching and helping people that often we're not in a position to reach or help, but we want to come alongside and strengthen the hands of others in doing that. Yeah, and today we're going to ask everyone who is joining in our Christmas Eve gathering, whether you're online or whether you're in person, to consider giving so that we might be able to brighten this world just a little bit more through our generosity. In fact, our hosts are going to come right now and they're going to give us some more information on how we can participate in this giving opportunity. If we've learned anything tonight, it's that nothing about this story was random. Everything in the Christmas story has deep meaning. Each detail has great significance to the story that God was telling to the world. See, the candles, they remind us that Jesus was born to push back the darkness so that he could become the light of the world that would shine and point us back to God. The bread, well, it represents that Jesus is the bread of life and he is the only one that can satisfy the deep soul hunger that each of us has inside of us, me and you and everyone on this world. And kids, I wonder, do you remember what this glass of water represented, this pitcher of water and this glass of wonder. I wonder, have you ever had a throat that was so dry that you just really needed to take a long sip of water? Have you ever been talking and and just really needed to have a thirst, have a drink so that you could quench the thirst that was in your throat? Well, this pitcher of water and this glass of water, it reminds us that Jesus came to quench the thirst that's inside of each one of us. And there's no one on this world, no one that can satisfy our thirst or our hunger except the person of Jesus. Now kids, I have one more picture that I'm hoping that you might be able to draw for me this evening. And I'd like you to draw a lamb for me. Now, that might be a little bit difficult because you might not know what a lamb looks like. I wonder, um, Pastor Jonathan, do you think you can come give... Wow. Look what I found. Where did you find two sheep on Christmas Eve? Well, just on the the flocks were in the hills of Toronto this evening. I saw them around here. Look at these two guys. Come on in, guys. Come on over, guys. Come in. Now, Pastor Jonathan, do do these sheep have any names? I think we should give them names tonight. I think they need names, Let's don't you? Let's give them names. That's what, a great which idea. Which one does this one look like to you? Well, let me take a look. Oh, you know what I think? Pastor Stephen. This you looks like what? Pastor Stephen. He looks so I great. I see the likeness. Wow. Now, what, what do lambs make? They, they, they mew? Do no, they, or? no. I think they... Uh, uh, kids, do you think you can help me on the count of three? Can you tell me what a lamb says? One, two, three. 
Oh, but if that's Pastor that's Stephen, right. it has to be with a British accent, though. That's right. British accent, yep. Now, kids, you, you can draw this, but adults, I don't know if you have your meal plan for Christmas Day. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Let's not ears. go there, please. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> let's, let's call this one. I think this one reminds me so much of my good friend, Ziad Alabuni, our, our operations team lead. You know, fluffy. Fl- fluffy. Always smiling. Always that smiling. Is this is Ziad to a so T. Pastor, Pastor Stephen and, and, and Ziad. Ziad. This Fantastic. is perfect. Perfect. This is great. That's- now, lambs play a significant. <laughs> He I agrees. Know, I know. Pastor you, Stephen agrees. Uh, he's always so agreeable. <laughs> you know, lambs play a significant role in the Christmas story in as much as the imagery that of Jesus being a lamb, of uh, the lamb of God, actually. And it's significant that, in, that he was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a place where all of the lambs that were used in the worship in the temple in Jerusalem were raised in the town of Bethlehem, just where Jesus came from. That's right, Pastor Jonathan. And I've always loved... That in the Christmas story, God chose to reveal that the Messiah had come to a group of shepherds. Because in those days, shepherds were kind of one of the more lowly professions. I know you disagree, but they were one of those lowly professions in life. They weren't super important people. It's interesting. Uh, some scholars believe that those first shepherds were actually young women. Because uh, many of people in that culture at that time that were left tending the sheep were some of the younger women in the family at that time. And so it is kind of interesting and incredibly significant in the Christmas story. All of these things layered in meaning. That God would choose to reveal himself firstly to lowly shepherds and maybe even perhaps women. That in that culture and era, in that patriarchal society, they were often seen maybe sometimes as property or even treated as inferior. Even in the resurrection of Jesus, which we'll celebrate in Easter, who were the first witnesses to the risen Christ? Women. God has a way of elevating those of which maybe others in culture and society have devalued. He has a way of reminding us that we're all equal in Jesus. That's right. And you know what? One of the greatest revelations in Scripture, Pastor Jonathan, is how Jesus says he is the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And as you reminded us, Pastor Jonathan, that Bethlehem was the place where the shepherds would raise those temple lambs and that they would get them ready to head to the temple. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was born to be the lamb of God who would lay down his life to take away my sins, take away your sins, take away all the sins of the world, those things that separate me from him, those things that I do to harm other people the things that I do to harm myself, the things that create a barrier between me and God. (laughs) I know, you agree. Well, let's say goodbye to Pastor Stephen and Ziad. See you guys. I think we're going to have a moment in a little bit that the kids will be able to see these guys. Yeah, all the kids. Sorry, if you're online, just imagine virtually petting the sheep. But uh, of course, our our kids are going to have an opportunity to meet both of them up close and personal. Well, friends, we hope you've enjoyed our Christmas Eve gathering. In a moment, uh, our hosts are going to come back out and we're going to sing a final song as is a long-time tradition at One Church CO. We love to end our gathering, leaving this place, singing joy to the world together. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to pray with me. I I don't know where you personally may find yourself. You might be in a, a good place and the anticipation of Christmas and the warmth of Christmas is filling your heart. You might find yourself in a place where you're passing through some hardship and difficulty. And it's hard to imagine that God's there with you. Loneliness and pain 
and loss has a way of making us feel like we're all by ourselves. But if the Christmas story reminds us of anything, it reminds us that he is Emmanuel, God with us, right in the middle of everything with us. He's the bread of life that satisfies that deep soul hunger. He's the water of life that parches, that, that, uh, that satisfies, that, that brings life to those darkened, dried areas of our life. And he is the light of the world. I'm going to invite you. I want to pray for two groups of people as we can kind of conclude this gathering. I want to pray for those of us who are passing through hard times. But before we do that, I just want to pray for those who might want to take a step in relationship with Jesus. There's no magic in my words. Uh, We've just tried to present the Jesus of Christmas. And I'd invite you to, if you place your trust in him, you can know what it means to have that deep soul hunger met and for light to come into those dark places of each of our lives. I'd invite you to pray with me if you would. Father, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. That he would come into this world, leaving heaven behind, stepping into human flesh. Not just human privileged flesh, but he stripped away all of his privileges. And he stepped into the middle of all that we experience in this life. The setbacks, the the loss, the pain. He, He experienced it all here. And he lived a life that we couldn't possibly live. And he died the death that each of us deserved to die. But because he did that for each of us, now we can know what it means to be in relationship with God our Father. So if this is where you're at, you can simply pray this prayer with me. Jesus, on this Christmas, I invite you into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me, God of the things that I've done to create a barrier between you and me, the things I've done that have harmed other people or even hurt myself. Free me from all of that, God, so that I might know the joy of Christmas in my heart. Light of the world, light the path before me. Bread of life, satisfy that deep soul hunger in me. Water of life, quench my thirst. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. And Father, I pray for this great community of people online and in person. And we collectively just pray for anyone, maybe through illness or loss or difficulty or loneliness, they're experiencing some dark waters and dark moments. In Jesus' name, would you come alongside them? May they know the light of Jesus this Christmas season. May you come alongside them with your healing power. May you come alongside them and invade their life with your love, God, and remind them that you are with them always. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live.
We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing, both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.